Roaring Honda filled a fit at Little Italy Days with over 100 pizza boxes. In two weeks, the Roaring Fit will be at the Pierogi Festival at Kennywood and at it again. This time, guess how many pierogi holders can fit in a Roaring Fit? Roaring is your neighborhood real deal for cars. So follow us on all social media. As always, stop by the Rorick showroom or visit www.rorick.com and experience the difference. And now let's start this week's Jagoff podcast, the first one on radio.com uh, from uh, Rachel's living room. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, Here's how Pittsburghers define a word jag off. When someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jag off! Or someone scares the f- out of you. Yeah, jag off! Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jag off? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. This is Ken Wild Billy. Hi, this is Rocky Blyer. Hey, it's Rick Seaback. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jag Off Podcast. So this is the Jagoff podcast, and uh, this is the first week of our official move to radio.com. Yeah, we and moved a lot hearing. of stuff. I know, right? <laughs> and uh, so, and it's a holiday weekend, yep. and uh, we're almost done with the porch tour. So we thought probably the best way to get started on radio.com is because you can hear all of the previous episodes. Uh, why not highlight a few of those, right? Right, and it's sort of about. Us and our move. So we figured we'd pick a few of our favorites. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. So this is the podcast where you're going to hear. Though the cool thing is, is that we actually have brand new music to highlight because we had a nice music guest, the thanks to the Community Liberal Alliance. And uh, we thought, well, let's inject something new with something old. Exactly. But it never gets old to talk to Pittsburgh people. And we found ourselves in the last couple of weeks as we're discussing our transition over to Radio.com and what the Ajaga podcast is. It's all things Pittsburgh. It falls under the Pittsburgh umbrella. And we're so excited to share all these Pittsburgh things with you. So these are the interviews you'll hear. Our podcast with uh, it was a porch tour at the Aversus house with Mike Vale and the Shondells. And as he said, you there know, aren't just Shondells. There are, there are only the original Shondells. Everybody else is a Jagoff, you'll hear. Well, we wanted to make it a point, maybe, well, I wanted to make it a point to not have my dad show up because he is sort of the Steve Martin of Saturday oh, right. Night Live. <laughs> yeah. But we can't help it because it was one of our favorites. We uncovered a major secret from the 1960s. Another favorite is one of the interviews from your very first episode who really have become a favorite, the Screaming Orphans. Yeah, they are such a favorite. But I feel like this is all about me. That was your favorite, too. Oh, yeah. You I love, love yeah. the Screaming yeah, Orphans. Yeah, I love and them. Love I love you. their song. And, and tell the story about how they sat in the audience and yelled what. <laughs> yeah, John from Jagoff. Yes. <laughs> so... Anyways, and we're getting close to the Irish Festival, so it made sense. It's totally, yeah, and they'll be back on. So, anyways, you'll hear them do their Pittsburghies. And Greg Brown, Pirates broadcaster. Look, Pirates are on a little bit of a slide, but just great to hear him talk about what he does in his downtime. And right. Stuff. And we always love people that have cool jobs. The guy who takes care of the ice at PPG Paints. You love that. You could not wait. And you know what? Proven. I agree. It was a really good interview. And how interesting. Now we have a fun fact every time we go to a game. And finally, while things are winding down on Lydia's in Pittsburgh, yeah. Lydia is iconic. Well, I was just going to say, I picked this because you sort of talked her up and she was everything I could have imagined her to be. And of course, Aubrey Birchall, a local talent who is on American Idol and uh, now has a single out. 
Yeah, and what a joy to talk to her and her experiences. She's just so down to earth and really just realistic about the whole experience. And listen, this is like our marriage with intercoms. Something old, something new. What are we borrowing? I know. Hmm. And we'll never be blue. Their platform. Oh, ah. there you go. Wish I could say that I hate you for all that you I know them all. Yeah, right. I feel like Buddy the Elf. I know them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've always, you know, John has told stories, you know, throughout the podcast since I've been on about famous people who I've had the pleasure of meeting and, and act very nonchalant about because that was my life. And I'm lucky now to kind of have the opportunity to interview you guys. So welcome Mike Bale, my dad, Johnny Angel, and Johnny Garvin to the show. I know my dad's been on. Have you been on the show before, Mike? No. You've not. Okay. So basically, we ask you really tough questions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I guess I want to know, you have to see that there is definitely a resurgence in local music. And I am so happy to see that because I know the Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership has really pushed for there to be more um you know, not not so much cover bands either. They're they're coming up with their own stuff, and I love that. What do you see as the biggest difference now in music today? Well, <laughs> since you asked, <laughs> well, for one thing, I can't understand the words today. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, there are great groups uh, yeah. of every genre, uh, and uh, the, the thing that I like about the classic rock stuff is just that. You, it was freeform. You weren't stuck in a box. You could do what you wanted to do. And we still do that. Um, where I see a lot of the things that are going on today are sort of uh, imitating this and imitating that. Uh, so uh, that's the only concern I have about today's music. Other than that, some of the quality, <laughs> some of the voices out there are scary good. Uh, and players also. So. But I have to say it's a testament to your type of music that's saying that they're redoing a lot of what was, right? Like they say history repeats itself, Dad. Don't you think that there was some kind of, I mean, I know you spoke about Nat King Cole being someone that you you preferred. Um, do, do you see that happening now, and, and what genres do you see? I, I see the young kids now, they're trying to go outside that box. Yeah. They're trying, you know, and they are t learning from the, like in my museum when young musicians come in. They ask me questions all the time about the Funk Brothers, about the Wrecking Crew, about, and you explain to them how everything was done live. It's not like today. If you want to, they take a sampling of something, and you a lot of them don't even have drummers anymore, which I'm dead against, as you well know. <laughs> but uh, I think the young kids, the music has taken another big surge. I mean, it's like there's there's a lot of young and upcoming musicians, and a lot of them are good. But I think, like Mike said. The key to it all is their voices. The yeah. voices yeah. are just incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. And Don, uh, so we uh, we keep le kind of leaving you out when we do the introductions I because I'm not leaving you out because now um, you're. Uh, the cool thing is, Jack noted before you guys came on here that you have coordinated. Everybody's familiar with the PBS specials, the doo wop specials. Yeah. You coordinated all that. Well, uh, there was two other persons uh, involved, uh, TJ and uh, Henry. And uh, I did most all the sound work and plus play guitar with just about yeah. everybody on the show. That's crazy. So uh, I think I added up as over 200 uh, people from, like, Patty Page to uh, uh, trying to think of 200 people right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, tough, yeah. it's early. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. And, and, Mike, I have to say, and this I, I hate asking fan questions, but I have to. 
when when you were in your prime and you were writing these amazing songs, who was? Yeah, that we person? didn't even preface that, right? No, we didn't go even ahead. say, "Yeah, go." No, you well, do we it. We did it yeah. prior too, so do I'll it. let him explain. Okay. So, who is Mike Vale? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you know this back, is a therapy back, session, yeah, Mike. Back, back in uh, the '60s. I took so many drugs. <laughs> I really don't know where, how I began. <laughs> now, um, Mike Vale is the, really a guy by the name of Mike Bukish, uh, and uh, I'm a uh, engineer by trade. And uh, we, ha- we were in the right place at the right time uh, when uh, Hanky Panky came along, and we were asked to be the Shondells, and we uh, accepted that offer, and we went on the road. We were the raconteurs then. We went on the road with Tommy James and uh, wrote and recorded all of the other hits we had. We had uh, 18 consecutive uh, singles, and we had nine gold records. Uh, and and you say it like yeah, we had yeah, gold records. same, <laughs> same. <laughs> We're still waiting to see one, let them get one. But it was a very exciting time, and uh, we're very thankful for uh, the opportunity. How and cr- you're you're originally from Pittsburgh. Yeah, we uh, we were all from the Greensburg uh, area, and uh, I went to Greensburg High School, and the other guys were all St. Vincent College uh, music majors. Mm-hmm. Another woven yeah, point, St. Vincent right. with Steeler Your Training Campus. Yeah. You're top notch. People often say, you know, uh, uh, you guys just went along for the ride. I mean, you were picked up, and uh, they don't realize that the music majors in that group were responsible for the success of that group. Uh, not just the lead singer. Oh yeah, right. So uh, mm-hmm. the the group had uh, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, I guess success is the word I'm looking for, but there was reasons for it. Sure. And talk about today. I mean, you guys did all of this without YouTube, without Twitter, without Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. People, how did they find out about your song other than just being played on the radio? Right. What was what was the viral of those days? Do you think that was it? Uh, top 40 radio was in. Yeah. Um, there were probably uh, 10 stations in the Pittsburgh area at the time that uh, everybody listened to, uh, two or three big ones, like Whammo and uh, WJAS, I think, was a big at that time. What else? Yeah, what else? KDK, KQV radio. Uh, but anyhow, these guys played the same songs over and over and over. Uh, for instance, when we had one of our uh, big songs going up the charts, they would play it, every station would play it at least 10 times a day. Mm. Now, that's going to get somebody's attention. Yes, right. So uh, that's all you needed back then. Yeah. And that's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Well, go ahead. No, you. <laughs> and what about you guys? So I know my dad, some of the folks that you've had the pleasure of performing with, talking to them, what do you see is the biggest change now? Or, or what do you what do you like about nowadays? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Jack, can we still be friends if I tell you I'm an Eminem fan? I really, I Me love, too, especially I with the peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> I love Eminem. Like I think he's so talented. Oh, you're talking. Is there a guy? Yeah. Let me me preface by saying my brother says that he used to sit in a corner in his bedroom. This is a true story. With headphones on to listen to rap because we were not allowed to have. It's a true story. We weren't allowed to have rap in our house. Your dad just left to go spank your brother right now. (laughs) (laughs) That sound you hear is him peeling out. (laughs) Your grandfather, my dad, 
hated rhythm and blues and rock and roll. Oh, is that, yeah. And yeah. told me that it was the devil's music, and I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So I put my headphones on, and I listened to Porky Chedwick, all the <laughs> forbidden records. Right, Don? Yeah, Porky. And I listened to WLAC down in Nashville. It was all rhythm and blues okay. all night long. And yeah, because there was a time you it was not allowed, right? Yeah, and four in the morning, they used to come on with the old gospel stuff. And I used to sit and listen to that until 6, and I had to go to school mm-hmm. at 7. Wow. <laughs> it's the truth. And, and, yeah. and if my dad would have caught me listening to it, I would have got a whooping. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you didn't do that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. In fact, the first two years of my band, your grandfather thought that I was in a wedding band. He had no idea that I was out playing rock and roll for a stripper oh, by the name of Gloria the Great. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. Now Rachel just peeled out. <laughs> so, so Mike, you're on the. You didn't just come hang out with us because you thought we were cool people. Yes, he you did. guys have a show coming up, right? We have a show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the um, the original Shondells. Uh, by the way, uh, there's no such thing as a Shondell. There's only the original Shondell. Okay. Anybody who calls himself a just Shondell now is a j- j- what's that word? Jag off! Yeah! <laughs> Nicely done! Uh, you were waiting to say that. <laughs> I saved that line for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, can, I, can I put my host uh, face on for a second? Yeah. Let me ask Mike a question. Yeah, you do it. Oh, okay. Tell right. us the story John's of how Moni Moni came. How Moni Moni came to be. Well, um, we went into the studio and we were jamming. We, we used to use the studio for not only recording our hits, but we'd go and jam and just see if we couldn't come up with some sort of a good lick. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this particular case, we came up with the Moni Moni rhythm track, which we thought was strong as hell. And we knew it was going to be about a girl, but we didn't know what her name was. We knew we had to make, make it a catchy name. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting on Tommy James' balcony overlooking the city of New York City and looking up in the sky. And Tommy points, he says, look, look. I said, what's wrong? He said, we got the name. I said, what, what's going on? He says, see the top of that building? It says M-O-N-Y, M-O-N-Y. It was going uh, off and on with the lights, M-O-N-Y. It turns out it's a Mutual of New York building. That's who Moni is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 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 that that is crazy. Jack, you're the new host on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I was so scared I could have And we're back this time now with a couple of ladies from the Screaming Orphans. Welcome. We have Joan and Grania. Okay. Hello. Wait, go just just talk. Do it. We'll, yeah, I yeah talk. You just, they have Irish brogues, so just go ahead and talk. Right, right. how's it going on these well? And that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Right there, she's, she's pretending to be Northern Ireland. Ireland. Oh, I see. Oh, we talk really, really fast, and go like that's hundred miles an hour. Like that's slower. And then you have the dubs, you know. They are like this, you know. Everything's kind of like that, you know. And this and that and other, you know. Oh, you say that? Yeah, well, that's Dublin. That's Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the Screaming Orphans. Your four sisters yes, that tour are. all over the world. Yes. 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 Well, we're, we're from Donegal, which is the northwest of Ireland. And um, we've been playing since we were kids. 
so like coming to America, we 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 grew up playing traditional Irish music, but we um, also write our own pop music. So we blend the two styles together, and that's why we call the Screaming Orphans because we do something different. We're not strict traditional Celtic. You know, we've sort of something. But you're Catholic, we, Irish Catholic. We're Irish Catholic. Yes, we're we're yes, you are. taught Don't by the nuns. <laughs> yes, the, the nuns. Louis nuns. Same. Yeah. Yes. yes, same. Yeah, That's yeah, sister yeah. Bernice. But, um, and so who's the bossiest sister? Angela. Angela. <laughs> she's so unanimous and talking. Yes. <laughs> she is bossy, is right. She's, she's quiet, so therefore she's you're very nervous of her. Dangerously you know? bossy. The quiet, bossy ones are the yeah. worst. Bar blog is about Jagos people doing stupid things. And I want to know you mentioned about you played for tourists. What is it like to have tourists come over to your your country? And and what are what are Americans like? Are they? Well, they jerks? went to bed. They went to bed. They yeah, Americans were, I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but they were chronic. Yeah. They go to bed at 8 o'clock. No, and they, were oh, always, they, they were always looking for Thank God, I thought you said they yeah. wet the bed. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, they went to bed. Oh, yeah. yeah they were, but and that they, sounds like it. They, they were kind of fussy, <laughs> but they're very popular because, you see, they yeah. tip very well. Tip's so great. Oh, Irish oh yeah. So they're always looking for tips. So yeah. it's like it's like the Americans, oh, they're great. They spend a lot of money. And so Joan used to do some Irish dancing. Yes. And then... She'd get it what? Was very unfair. A dollar, I was a pound. I would get like like it the tips from the, the Americans, and I was out there dancing. And then my sisters would say, "Oi, Mrs. Hand over the money." No, because it's twenty five. No, twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five. Because and it's like I was out there doing all the hard work. You were cute. And like, what I are you talking about? You got praise. Because you were oh cute. Should we ring so my money was Should taken off me? No, it was not. <laughs> Don't lie. 25% per person. Because she couldn't dance if there was no music. Isn't that right, Marcus? <laughs> Very yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you we're the older democracy. sister? You're putting it all yeah. in yes. perspective. That's yes. right. yeah. <laughs> she was spoiled anyway. Yeah. 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 The Americans were great. They were lovely. And we used to play for... Um, yeah, they were, but they went to bed too early. Well, you see, there was a lot of bus tours that would come. Like the older Americans. Oh, okay. We heard you've been practicing your Pittsburghese. They have yeah, yeah, well, this is unbelievable. So, in Pittsburgh, you know, a house is a house is not a house. It's it's a house. So, uh, what what have you guys learned while you were here in okay. Pittsburgh? Yin's coming down the Irish fest in that. If not, I have to in that. Yeah, you have to like in sound that. like a valley yeah. in that. In in that. that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> if not, Yin's are jagoffs. <laughs> Right. I love it. Love it. Got it. Yeah. What do you, really how do you say house in, in you know, house. with, yeah, house. Ha, yeah. House. So we say has. Yeah. We yeah. don't. Uh, We're going downtown. Downtown. Yeah. Joan has it. Downtown. Downtown. Very good. Well, well, we enjoyed having you on the podcast and grateful that you'd make some time for us here. Thank Everybody you finds you on the internet yes, at yes. what? Well, you can screaminorphans.com mm-hmm. or Facebook. And, and you can get our new album. Our new album is available on iTunes. Oh, so very good. CD okay. Baby. Very good. Cool. When the snow's falling down mid-December. Oh, so we are at Lydia's in the Strip, and this is not the first time we've come across Lydia. And uh, we, she's sitting here at her table, and sort of, it's it's so it's so cool because she's so famous, Iconic. but so down to earth. Yes, and you greet people as they're walking in; it's like your home. But it is, and that's yes. you know, these are my uh, all the years. I'm more than forty years in this industry, and wow. certainly eighteen years here in Pittsburgh. And you, you, you develop uh, an extended family, if you will. Sure. You know, 
They come in, in the restaurant. They eat my food. They watch the show. They send me emails. They buy the books, the pasta, the sauces. So they're really into Lydia being into their homes. Sure. And, and I want to meet these people. Yeah. I want to know the people that invite me in their homes. And is that what it's about? So often you talk to people within the food industry who say food is about people, right? It's about sitting at the table. It's about that conversation that's happening. Is that what wanted made you want to kind of start this whole empire? Well, you know, being Italian mm-hmm. and, you know, everything happened at the table. Yes. Uh, you know, food was it. That's where it still is in yes. Italy. But, you know, through my, um, my, my life, food was always a big part. I come from a part of Italy that was given to communist Yugoslavia. We were caught under communism, escaped back to in Italy, uh, spent two years in a refugee camp, not unlike what's happening today, mm-hmm. online for food, and then ultimately you know, being able to give, be given an opportunity uh, to start wow. a new life here in America. And, you know, food was my uh, connector, my sure. expression, and I just loved cooking. In my case, uh, going back to, to being caught behind the Iron Curtain, it was uh, we lived with Grandma, and Grandma made the food, provided all the food, because food was scarce. So she had chickens, she has duck, she had, uh, we had goats, we had pigs. So milking the goats for morning breakfast was perfectly natural to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, the once a year, the slaughter of the pigs, making sausages, making prosciutto, I was involved. Harvesting yeah. the olives in November, making olive oil, grandpa would do that. He would make wine. Uh, the garden, you know, uh, collecting the tomatoes, the potatoes, even the potatoes after grandma, you know, I knew the potatoes are tubers under the ground. So I remember pulling them out and they were still warm in my hands. Wow. So food for me, it's, it's a very basis of who right. I am. Favorite non-Italian food? Thai, Thai food. Really? Wow. Yes. Favorite location in Pittsburgh? Oh my goodness. Uh, what, you know, you know what I love? I love being up on the hill and looking down mm. at, at the rivers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Not I Washington love that. Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great answer. What is your favorite holiday? Oh, it's got to be Christmas. Is it seven? Do you do the seven fishes? Well, there's two holidays there. There's Christmas Eve and there's Christmas Day. <laughs> well, <burned. laughs> we, we, we celebrate Christmas Day more than Christmas Eve. But, you know, I love both of them. They Me both too. are very significant. Favorite staple to wear? Like, do you like to wear a scarf? Do you like to wear I a love scarves. See, I tell, you knew I didn't come up with that question. Yeah, no, you no. She looked at me. You know, like, what scarves, is he talking about? You know, especially when you travel. You've yes. got a basic yeah. black. <laughs> and then all is this me talking right now? Right. Yeah. All kinds of scarves will do the trick. I love it. Nice. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, let's see. Um, Humphrey Bogart uh, in Morocco. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh God! Huh? Is it Casablanca? Casablanca. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when he leaves behind, uh, and she's behind that gate. I mean, you know that. The yes, thing. that's the iconic yeah, scene yeah, for yeah. sure. And these two are easy. Last two. Pierogies or French fries? You're in Pittsburgh. Pierogies or fries? <laughs> what's what's the the sandwich here? Yeah. They, they put Permantis. the pierogi. The pierogies. We'll put the pierogi with the French fries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, gosh. And the last one: Steelers, Pirates, or Penguins? Oh my God. You know, I don't, I would, I wouldn't, you would I, know. I would not take sides. Okay. Nicely <laughs> 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 done. We are about to talk to the guy you probably heard so many times. 
with the coolest job in Pittsburgh. That's us. Everybody thinks we have Yes, right. This guy's way cooler. Brandon Radke. Did I get that right? You did. Yeah. Boom. There you go. And you are, as I understand from my friend Kevin Hart, you are the ice whisperer of oh, PPG Paints whisper. Arena. <laughs> and so he's, uh, so your bottom line is you're the guy that takes care of the ice at the Lemieux uh, Center up in Cranberry and PPG Paints Arena, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. I and hear an accent. Oh, yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> okay, so I thought so. So you mean Pittsburgh is that great that we called you from Minnesota to yeah, come maintain our ice? That's for sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How do you even get this kind of job? How does you know, that work? I get this question all the time. I'm sure. Yeah. It's not an easy way to explain it, but when I was like 14 or 15, I started driving a Zamboni okay. back in my hometown in Minnesota. Okay. I didn't even have my license yet, but I was still driving a Zamboni. Did people go, Zamboni? Zamboni. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you got that one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, while I was going to school, I just decided to uh, just keep working in a rank part-time, and then and I ended up uh, at an eight-sheet ice arena in Minnesota. It's called the Schwann Super Rank. Jesus. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the world, so I actually took a manager job there after college, and then the Minnesota Wild started playing, and so I worked for them for 14 years part-time as well. So I was on their ice crew. Doing okay. All this stuff there, and then um, I've done. I think my this will be my twelfth uh, NHL outdoor game. This oh year. yeah, you, yeah, that's right. That's why we heard you found. Uh, that's how you you, you yeah. work on all the outdoor well, games, I didn't right? Know that. Yeah. Okay. So that's working directly with, with the NHL. Dan Craig. Yep. Yeah. And so he uh, lined me up with this position in a way, or guided me towards this side, and uh, it was the best decision we could have made. It's- I don't. Are you a chemist? Are you? A, no. You know what? What? What's in the? Are there chemicals? It, it, it isn't just water. It isn't like flooding your driveway when I, I mean, was a kid. It, technically, it is just water. Yeah. But you got to kind of monitor the water. We pay close attention to the parts per million of the hardness in it and how hard it gets. And if it's too hard, too soft, then it causes issues. We want it right in a certain range of, you know, I I know the range is 150 parts per million of what we need and. Um, once it's there, um, we don't treat it with anything. Okay. We used to have a system before I got here um, that would treat it and make it a, a lot softer and um, not the ice, the water, um, which made the ice a lot snowier. Um, it was to take the hardness out. And we actually found out, or I found out, that Pittsburgh water is pretty good right out of the tap. Get down out. There. Yeah. What? I love that. So, uh, <laughs> I could ask you a million questions about this, but let's just start when the ice goes down for the very first time. What what, what thickness do you just flood it and then it freezes? Then you kind of, is it like a piece of wood? Then you, you finish it and buff it, whatever. How yeah, does it all, how does uh, it all happen? It's actually then, a pretty quick. Okay. Per, quit, pretty quick. Um, time frame that we do it in we can do it around in 24 hours if we had to push it okay from start to finish but a couple days is usually pretty good so we start out with we put a layer of ice just a thin layer of ice and then we actually paint our white Mm -hmm. on top of that and then we uh seal that down a little bit with just another 16th of an inch of water and then we add our lines and logos i love it and Mm -hmm. whatever we need to do and then we flood up from there and we just keep building and building. We don't build like you'd think with a fire hose and people go out and just yeah. lay down the water and let it freeze. No, we build in fine mist. So we have a cart that sprays it out in an ultra-fine mist. Okay. And we just keep going around and around and around. And it freezes faster. It's faster to build that way anyway. And it takes <laughs> all the air out. You know, when we speak to people, we think about, like, what do they – when you go to a party and you tell people what you do for a living, what's the craziest, the stupidest question people yeah, get? Probably you know? my but, uh, my, pro- yeah, I was going to say, my top three questions for you, probably all those questions. Yeah. But, but why? Yeah. <laughs> 
He's like, I think, no, go ahead. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the biggest one is how thick is the ice? Yeah, okay. I, I think people imagine it's like a foot thick or yeah. something crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. I would, yeah I'm and then when I say stupid. it's an inch and a quarter, an inch and three-eighths right in there, they're like, that's oh, it? Oh, yeah. That yeah. seems, yeah, I, I am surprised. I don't, I don't think I ever thought it was so, totally thick, but, boy, when you think of a blade and making a rut, that seems yep. almost you could yes, be right to the concrete pretty thought. quickly. Yeah. Well, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, right? Do you play hockey? I do. Yeah, yeah. Of you, does. Do you do the game day skates? I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And what a, position? I, I'm a forward. I grew up playing hockey, and okay. after high school, I was ready to be done. Okay. So I did my college thing and then played adult hockey or beer league hockey, and now yeah. I play in the 1 o'clock game. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't do it all the time. It's Sometimes they're crazier than others, but, no, I jump on as often as I can. And you're like, guys, be careful on this ice. I don't have to work too hard. Never. This. You never no, have I to want work. him to tear it up. That's, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. Oh, big thank, thank you, so you to much. Kevin Hart yeah. for uh, connecting us. Brandon Radicky, yeah. I got it right. You, you are the ice whisperer. You're the guy in charge of the ice slabs at no PPG Paints way. Arena in the new You took my innocence away. So tell me, before we get into the story, what does Greg Brown do in the offseason here? Like, do you do you feel like you have to announce things? Do you go to the local grocery store and, like, pick up things and just read signs to yourself, you know, to as, as keep practice? practice? Sure. Yeah, of in the offseason. Hey, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't yeah. I? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I pick up. Uh, in fact, I broadcast, I do play-by-play of other people's giant eagle trips. <laughs> so, you know, John. But do you say John, John Eagle oh, yeah. or do you say Giant Eagle? Oh, Giant Eagle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, John gets out of the car. He's heading, oh, look out. He, there's a, there's a cart. He's waiting for a cart and, and, and he gets bumped into a cart. And, uh, no, John's John, would go, wait, John lost his glasses and he doesn't have his phone. Does he have his wallet, ladies and gentlemen? See, now, Rachel, I think you could be a great color analyst. Thank you. I think we need Thank to do you. that. Uh, not to, to tell you how to do your, your Jagoff podcast, but there's an but idea, I think, in the works right. where John actually, we follow him, Rachel and I, into the Giant Eagle. And describe exactly what his trip to John yes. Eagle is like. Now, I'm just going to tell you that last week's question on <laughs> oh, the podcast up. was, specifically, Rachel went through the grocery store line, had all these groceries, and had zero, nothing to pay for what she had. <laughs> is that right? I have three children, and my oldest is a hockey player and demands food constantly and was hangry. So a $113 bill. It wasn't whoa, just like a whoa. $5. <laughs> oh, wow. They wanted to kill Nothing. me. So you're looking through the phone. You got people in line, yeah, of course. behind mm. me. A couple of weeks ago, I actually didn't do I have $113. But one of the things I do actually is the, the shopping. My wife works full time. My son just started up in college. So it's I'm, I'm it. And uh, so I do the, the, the shopping most of the time. And hopefully she's not less. She'll she'll go crazy. <laughs> so you don't do it all the time. But so I, I had maybe a fifty dollar trip, and um, not to disparage Giant Eagle, but I cannot stand Same. those those um, self checkouts. Self checkouts. So yeah. They don't have you know the the person behind the counter. So, but it was the only one open. So I go through this whole thing. And I got the, you know, you, you feel like it's a victory when you survive it without the light going off. Very true. And I, I did it. The last item, I got it. I, boom, boom, I got the credit card, and the light goes on. Oh. And, I, and I stood there. It probably was only a couple of minutes. Minutes. It seemed like two hours. Yeah. Yes. And I'm standing there looking, and I'm, the angrier I get. Now, I got about four or five plastic bags filled with different groceries right there. All I need to do is pay for it. I walked out. There you go. <laughs> I did. That's, that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't get me mad. Smiling in its light. Now I wake up and you're not there. Well, teach me how to walk again. And we're talking about community with the Lions yet again because it seems to be the 
happening for us lately. And we came to find out about their, their walk that's happening on October the 5th at Kennywood. And we run into an American Idol star. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? So now that you've met Lionel Richie and uh, Luke Bryant... <laughs> And uh, and Katy Perry, what's it like meeting John and Rachel from the Jagger podcast? <laughs> well, I it, it's it's definitely awesome because, That's I, 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 because I I wasn't expecting to be on a podcast today. So um, you guys are, are very very nice people. Thanks. And, and I mean, we sabotaged you. Really didn't have right. time. No, no. We sort of grabbed you from the what, stage. And what said, was the talk. process to get there uh, to the show? I mean, what were you doing prior to that? Singing around locally here in Pittsburgh, or were you traveling to Nashville? Here we are. That, what was your process? Um, well, previously to that, um, and I have been singing since I was about 11 years old. Um, I sang for charities for a really long time, like Jamie's Dream Team. I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I that those were they were nice enough to let me on stage. I mean, I basically had no idea what I was doing, and I I was just singing Adele, but. Um, they had me on stage and um, it sort of branched off from there. Um, and then uh, about three and a half years ago, I, I started an acoustic act with my dad. So that's sort of where I was in uh, my journey at the time. And people kept saying, you know, they're coming to Pittsburgh, like, go try out. And I was like, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I have no chance, right? Like, because there's sure. so many so people many trying people. out and there's so many ways they, they filter through people. But what was that feel once you were in Burbank, that Pittsburgh feel? Was it like, wow, I'm really representing? Because Pittsburgh truly is a part of all of us. I think we all kind of take that. Um, Being from the East Coast is sort of like a personality trait almost. Um, You can tell the difference uh, between how, and I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, it's just um, people from like Pennsylvania, everywhere, you know, along the coast are just raised different. We're different people. Um, so that's definitely something that I, I feel like I brought with me. That's something- well, and that's what I'm saying. I think Pittsburgh represents with, you know, even when <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon left the Pirates, right? Mm. It was like, oh, my gosh, like he took I a know. piece of us. But, I you know. know, there was still that we still own the fact that Andrew McCutcheon was with us. It's the exactly. same with those of you who kind of go on to represent our city, yeah. which is a pretty cool thing. So I guess from that, what is it like coming back and having the experience and then returning? What is that part like? Well, it's definitely, I'd say, humbling. Um, it's taught me a lot um, about uh, people, about the industry. It's um, taught me that I need to always be aware of, of um, that I need to improve myself. And um, not even just vocally. I just There's a mm. lot. There's always lots to be learned. For That's, sure. Yeah. Cool. Is it a critical? I'm sorry. Is it a critical thing? Because, you know, you often hear... People talk about shows like that, and not yeah. just American Idol, but you know, The Voice or whatever other other musical type shows there are. Are they critical, or are they trying to help you, or is it a little bit of both? Um, well, I think the, the the most important thing to remember about American Idol is that it, it's a reality TV show Correct. first. Yep. So, if anything, I feel like it sort of helped me hone in on me. Yeah. Uh, more than anything, uh, not even like I said, not even just vocally. It helped me sort of realize if I want to get into the music industry, I'm going to have to know myself. Right. I need to know who I am. I need to know what I represent. I need to know my image. I need to know my genre. And all that needs to be set in stone before anything can go forward. Um, and that is something that was definitely very important to them. Um, and the uh, story and stage presence, very important. Um, being interesting um, it was definitely very important. 
um, another fun fact about like being on that whole show, I actually um, made it to the top 70 out of 300,000 people, and um, they never actually featured me singing. So um, there's like a three and a half minute long clip of like all the stuff that I did. There's like b videos of me talking, um, but they probably aired me singing a note. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, because I, it's I a reality. Knew what I was no doubt. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. I was lucky to do what I did at all mm -hmm. because I was in the very low percentage of people that actually ended up on the show sure. at all. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it definitely helped me um, achieve a lot back here. Um, you, just I to love, have that credential. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. You're so credential. positive about so who, what it. Is yeah. the, who is the most, and it may be a celebrity, it may not be, but who's the most interesting person you met along the the TV okay. show path? You know, mm -hmm. someone who really, like, even, it couldn't be any, even another contestant. Okay, well, um, I, well, the first thing that sort of sticks out to me whenever you say that uh, is the, the producer. Okay. So Patrick Lynn. Um, we're actually like friends on Facebook and everything. Uh, he's he's sort of the guy that rounds everybody up and tells people what to do. And he he's like the nicest guy, and at the same time, he's so crazy. Yeah. Because um, I mean, the, if you're talking and like when you're not supposed to, he'd be the first guy to freak out. Yeah. Always oh, freaking out, freaking out, freaking out. But he'd be the first person to help you out if you needed it. Um, so I thought that was really. really so you figured cool out thing. get on his good side, right? Um, yeah. Although it didn't really matter, like. Otherwise, um, like he wouldn't help you get like farther in the show or something. Oh he, no, no, right, he's, I get he's it. He's good at uh, sort of telling you what you mm. like, how to calm down. He commands okay. the, yeah. the presence. Right? Yeah, I, I thought okay. he was really cool, and um, he's always posting cool stuff from the show. And what's next for you? So you said you, you're sort of back in Pittsburgh. Things are going yeah. well. What's next? What are you working on? What are you doing here? Uh, well, I'm definitely working on uh, putting together more original music. Uh, I have lots and lots and lots of ideas, but like um, studio time is definitely expensive. Expensive, for sure. So um, that's that's something that I want to invest in more. I want to get certifications in uh, vocal coaching so that I can have that as a job on top of gigs. And then um, I'll probably try out for another show, maybe even Idol again. There you I go. Don't know. I'm not. I'm just uh, going to do what I can while I can. Uh, I'm still young. I wasn't you really, yeah. you know, concerned with jumping right into school. Like, uh, not even joking, 98% of my high school class did. They either signed up for the military or they went straight to college. And I, I knew I was going to be that 0.3% that was, like, in the other because I was, like, not ready for it. But um, I think I'm, I'm really comfortable with that decision, um, and I think it's going to be for the best um, because I want to I want to do everything I can mm -hmm. um, now know that I enjoy I it. Yeah, yes. for sure. Good for you. So where can people follow you? Because obviously this is a Pittsburgh audience. Of course. They want to know what you're doing. Where can they follow you? Yeah. Um, well, I'm on Instagram, and my handle for that is um, obsings. But um, bear with me. I made this when I was 12 and never changed it. Uh, so it's A U B Z S I N G Z. Cute. So that that's um, that's what I'm on there. Um, I'm Aubrey Virtual on Facebook. I have a like page and a friend page. I recommend going to the like page because all of my events are on there. Okay. Perfect. So okay. Uh, I'd say Facebook's probably the most important okay. um, app that I most important, not the one I go to. But I gotcha. Most right. important app. We understand where they can yeah. follow you. Yeah, yeah. we good. love it. It was such a pleasure we to meet you. We enjoy yeah. hearing thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. It was you. nice to meet you guys. It was a pleasure to have you.
So this is our first episode on Radio.com. Yeah. And we, again, if you're new, we want you to subscribe. But we also wanted you to know the kind of things we do. It's all about Pittsburgh and all the cool things kind of going on here. And extensions of Pittsburgh. People who have lived here, people who, you know, call in and talk to us from where they live now and why they miss Pittsburgh. Right. So we're pretty excited. And thanks so much to Entercom for trusting in us. And we are so excited for this relationship. And don't forget, we're going to be recording our podcast uh, coming up at the Pittsburgh Irish Festival. It only makes sense that... Our real first episode is from the Pittsburgh Irish Festival. All good things come out of that. That's so. exactly right. It's your We're anniversary. So and it then, is, of yeah. course, after that, we'll be at the Pierogi Fest, where, yeah. as you'll hear in the ad, we're doing something special with Rorik Honda. Rorik Honda has filled a fit at Little Italy Days with over 100 pizza boxes. And in two weeks, the Rorik Fit will be at the Pierogi Festival at Kennywood at it again. This time, guess how many pierogi holders can fit in a Rorik Fit? Rorick is your neighborhood real deal for cars, so follow them on all social media. As always, stop by the Rorick showroom or visit Rorick.com and experience the difference. Remember how the world was in the palm of our hands.